welcome everyone to Circle Debate, the Wrestling DeLorean podcast and Cage My IQ podcast. It's all three of us here together. So it's mm-hmm. everyone's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. welcome to a special recap show here with my brothers and my familia. This is the host, Stevie, is what I would see. Let me go ahead and introduce my other host, mis compadres, mis hermanos, of course, because he takes you back in time, everywhere, anywhere. Make sure you tune in, especially on Twitch, ladies and gentlemen. My brother, my other mother, Mike De Niro from the Wrestling Deloria podcast. What's good, y'all? Of course, man, he has the IQ that even Joe Rogan doesn't even know, or even <laughs> Vince McMahon wish he could have, because this this individual knows not only just MMA but also pro wrestling. That is my brother, Dan Blakely from Cage My IQ podcast. Gentlemen, how are you today on this beautiful Tuesday? Doing good, doing really good. Excited to talk a little New Japan. That is right, and that's what we're here. But go ahead, Dad. What were we gonna say? <laughs> no, I'm saying uh, I, I'm excited to talk uh, about this event that just happened, and then of course what's gonna boil down to in a couple of weeks when, of course, the G1 starts. Absolutely, man. And let's get into it. And that is right. We're here today, ladies and gentlemen, to go ahead and and recap New Japan Dominion that happened this past weekend. It was all fantastic and unshocked. You know, changes that have occurred that everybody was expecting, but unfortunately, you know, things turn around. So, this I'm excited to talk about it. So, we're gonna go ahead and break down these 10 incredible matches that just occurred on Dominion this past weekend. And let's go ahead and start it off with the opening match. And that is, of course, let me go ahead and pull it up. And that is, that's right, as we have none other, the United Empire versus, of course. Hiroshi Tensa, Master Wano, and Tai Gucci. What a great opening, man. So I'm going to go ahead and start it off. My boy, Dan, give us your thought about this opening match. And were you happy to see TJP, especially for the performance that he put on that opening match against Mount Wano and Tai Gucci? He even had that very nice touching moment uh, where he gave homage uh, towards the end of the match, which was cool. I really like the fact that they came out with Jesse Vargas. Uh, that was yeah. a nice touch. They they named him like an honorary member. He even came out later on in the other match. So that was really cool. I didn't expect Aaron Hanari to get the victory. I thought it would have been maybe uh, Akira uh, would have gotten it, but they gave it to Hanari, of course, and via submission, which was even crazier on uh, Tenzon. I figured maybe Tenzon would t- take the pick the the pin of course but i didn't expect that to happen but there are some very nice moments in this uh of course uh team six nine they're the champions so i figure maybe they would kind of put over uh united empire a little bit right before the match uh next week but uh this was a very underrated match for me and it's good to see tjp have very nice moments in the match of course and then I'm excited to see if he stays there for a while or if, if this is just a thing where he's doing it to help out Francisco Akira and then he'll leave to go back to strong later down the line. Mm, indeed, absolutely. My brother De Niro, take it away for this one. This was definitely a fun opener. New Japan definitely always opens up the show fun. It reminds me a lot of like the AEW booking, start the show hot, end the show hot. This was fun, a lot of action, and yeah, I was a little surprised too with Hanare winning with the submission, but I like how he got over that full Nelson lock. Like, it was 
like the tightest old Nelson there was. Yeah. You know, like you have like the Hurt Lock and all these other locks where you see like Bobby Lashley or like Chris Masters, they like they're whipping their opponent around. Hanari didn't have to do that. He just had it locked on strong and Tenzan just passed out, which is also a big victory. I know Tenzan at this stage in his career, he takes a lot of uh, defeats, but at the end of the day, he's still a legend. So for Hanare to submit a legend on a show like this is a big deal. And shouts to my boy TJP. Always been a big TJP fan since the since he was Puma. People don't remember Puma. That's but, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. From the uh, New Japan LA Dojo. So always love seeing TJP in New Japan. So I enjoyed this matchup. I will honor you with this because you have to tell all these. Stanford Stooge. You want... Tell all these Stooges, <laughs> damn it. Wait, yeah, see that? That was uh, Matt Callis right there. You know, facts right there. I can tell you That's that. Right. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, man. And what up? The Universal Wrestling Podcast, Nick Dieterin, that's right. Make sure you subscribe. And he, What's going on, Nick? He has incredible sure. content. Make sure you subscribe to his YouTube channel and all his audio platforms. Most definitely. Yes. Now, let's go to, let's see. Dan's, yes, he is a legend. <laughs> yeah. He is a legend. That's why he's here, ladies and gentlemen. For sure. All right. And then we have the match number two, and that is Los Ingobernables de Japón, ladies and gentlemen. As they take on the Bullet Club, of course, we have Takakashi, Naito, and Bushi versus Ishimori, and Phantasmo, and Ace Austin. Now, this match, I'm going to say I enjoyed it, especially, I want to digress very brief, especially with the whole beginning of the match with Ace Austin with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I love Naito. He always does this shit every comedy time. Comedy gold. <laughs> yeah, he's comedy gold every time he does it, and then He's trying to like go ahead and take it out. <laughs> it was so hilarious. My favorite moment of besides this, you know, off the subject, very brief for Naito. When you guys remember the Ring of Honor when he it was in a six man tag when he it was, uh, one of them was Bully Ray, and they were competing like back and forth with the ropes and they, yeah, <laughs> I, that was instant classic that I love from Naito. Like that's why Naito is like one of my favorites, man. I, I really love you know love his work. My bad, Dieter Ding. There, you're happy. You're happy, Nick. <laughs> Jesus Christ, don't kill me, all right? But, yes, this match was uh, incredible. I loved it overall. Uh, the, you know, the opening, how it all started, very fast-paced. I'm glad to see Ace Austin getting, you know, his moment of shine, especially because besides an impact, but now here in New Japan and being part of the Bullet Club now, I mean, I, I can't wait with what holds the future for him in New Japan, if also if Scott Scott Demore will allow him to be more involved in each country, which I hope he does allow him to. And heck, maybe defend the you know the X Division title on a New Japan platform. Maybe you never know. We might see it at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm hoping so. We I'm hoping we see that down, down the road. Or even have you know a New Japan star coming to impact and you know, fighting for the exhibition title. That'd be great for both companies because it, it cross-promotes. And I'm glad that the more is really opening with these, you know, cross-promotions as well, especially with E-Japan because that's a big one that you would love to have. And I'm glad, besides, you know, that we're going to see Forbidden Door, but I'm glad, I'm hoping one day down the line we see uh, Impact's X-Division versus, you know, New Japan's junior heavyweight division. That would be so insane. Classic World X Cup vibe. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That's right. That is right. That's classic. Oh, my God. I, I I wish they could bring that back, honestly. I would they not should. mind it. They definitely should. Hey, what's going on, Lennox? How are you, brother? My boy, what's good? 
So, so what was your thoughts on uh, them bringing out the black uh, Alex Zane socks and then going like this with them? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alex Zane socks. Uh, yes. were, were, you guys watching, oh were you guys watching on English or Japanese commentary? I was watching I on both. I watched them both. English. Because, I had to rewatch it twice. <laughs> because Kevin Kelly was comedy gold with that. Oh, yes. Give that man yes. back his socks Get and bastards. <laughs> <laughs> He was, I guess. Oh, shit. Oh, and, and, man. And, and I like it because, uh, like, we were on the show, I believe it was Thursday, and we're like, and I was saying, I was like, Alexine has to be in the X Division match. And then, of course, while we were on, they had Impact on, and they announced yeah. that he was the last member. So I have a feeling that he's going to win the X Division title over uh, Ace Austin. I have a feeling about that with how they're just presenting – Everything how they have Ace Austin mocking him, then they have uh, him come out, Zane come out, and then being named the last uh, entry, and it, it would just be fitting for him to win that match, and then maybe they, them appearing on New Japan and on Impact with like battling for the title because that would yeah. be a good, uh, yeah. good touch. And then you bring up the whole Naito situation; it always seems like he has that moment where he just makes you laugh like uh, the past year I, I remember a moment where he's just rocking out for a regular tour event and he hides behind the barricade he looks out with his hat on and he just looks out the crowd and then his music plays and he does it for like two minutes and then he decides to come out like nonchalant he always has these crazy moments yeah. where he like makes you pause makes you wait yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> nah, Naito is uh he's pretty funny, but you know, people don't really talk about it like that. Yeah, definitely. But I do I do see Naito probably be the one challenging maybe Ace Austin. I wouldn't mind what am I seeing that seeing him come yeah, in on the impact. Awesome. Oh my god. Because I know Takakashi's gonna be busy with Ishimori for the mm-hmm. you know junior heavyweight championship, but I think seeing Naito or maybe even Bushi, I don't mind Bushi at all. Bushi deserves his credit. You know, his time too. Yeah. I mean, but you know, it all depends. I, I I'm hoping that either one of them two from Mr. will come over to impact and challenge Chase Austin for the exhibition title. But we'll see. I mean, but yeah, you were gonna say shout out. Now shout out to Impact Wrestling for you know keeping the forbidden door concept alive. And they, they were the originators of the forbidden door concept. I was I think I said on this show, like it's it's something that they've been doing for years since the early days. Since the asylum years, they've been bringing in company, other companies, wrestlers, AAA, New Japan. And it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen the X Division title defended against a New Japan wrestler. So I think that that would be definitely cool. I really like this matchup also just because someone like Ace Austin mixing it up with Naito kind of gives them the rub, uh, international rub, which is really cool. But oh, man. Good matchup for sure. Yeah, yeah. and they had to kind of like put over uh... – ELP because of him being announced for the G1 Climax. There was a way to give him, give him the, the pin, make him look hot going in because he's going to be making his debut since he's been a staple of the best of the Super Juniors uh, for the past, like, was it, five, six years? Six years, now, yeah. And he didn't make the comment right before he did that. He was like, I want to do this. I want to get the belt, and then I want to go and win the G1. And then here mm-hmm. he goes being announced for the G1 Climax. So it was a nice way to get him the pin. He, he used, uh, I believe, he calls it the C four. I believe it is, or uh, C three. C three, yeah, yeah, that's C3 what it is. C three is his new finisher now. So he, they showed him do that. Of course, 
Bushi was there to take the pin uh, in uh, for him and just made him look good. But then you had the whole thing with Hiromu and Ishimori being in the match, uh, just getting that match ready. I still thought that that should have been on uh, Dominion because it was a high-profile match. Yeah, But I can see why they took it off because they didn't want it to uh, be lost in the shuffle in the beginning, even though I thought it might have been one of those matches where it could have stole the show, but they pushed it the next week. I have a feeling that Ishimori is going to win it, and, and then maybe you see Hiro move up the heavyweight finally because it's just I, – I think he's outgrown himself at the Super Juniors, uh, winning three times. He's won the title – a, a few times, and it's just like, what is there left for him to do at, yeah. in that junior division? There's nothing. Like he's already put on the weight, like Osprey did. Just yes. make him move up now. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed, one hundred percent. Any final thoughts of this uh, fantastic six-man tag match, gentlemen? Um, I definitely agree. They could have had that junior uh, heavyweight title matchup on this show, and then they could have did Bushi and Naito versus ELP and Ace Austin. But, yeah, I I also agree with them not wanting to let it get lost in the shuffle because that's a matchup that you want to showcase. But definitely, this was another fun matchup right after the first matchup. I thought that they were hitting on all cylinders for the show. Yes. And, I'll, and I'm happy as well to add on that to see Ishimori back on the title contention. It's been a quite some time we haven't seen him, you know, as a title holder now. So I'm really glad that he's back on. I think the, I think the first time when he became the junior heavyweight champion – I felt, honestly, I know I might get heated for this. I felt it was too soon because mm -hmm. right away when they put him in, if you guys recall, like automatically they're already giving him the junior heavyweight championship. And the way how he won it and the way how his title ring at the time of the first time was not as relevant right now what it is currently. Because now if you notice that he, his development now and with the Bullet Club now, he's now yeah. being known more high profile than before when he first came in because everybody, yeah. who the hell is this phone soldier guy? And, you know, of course, we know his credentials, but not much. So most of the New Japan fans know who he really is. And here in America as well, they're not familiar with him. And I think I'm glad that with this one, his second run, he finally has that, you know, he has that. And and hopefully he can put one hell of a match with, you know, Hiromu, he's he never disappoints when it comes to, you know, high-profiling matches. He never does. He puts his pretty much his body on the line to give, to get Uncle Seltzer to give him a six-star or seven-star. Yeah. <laughs> so I know your Roman will do anything to get that, and I'm looking forward to seeing down the road uh, to see that match, which will be, what, it'll be next week, right, then Somewhere around there? It'll be next week, I believe so. It is. I think it's the 21st. I think the, the junior tag is the 20th, and then that's the 21st. So that is yes, uh, the 21st. Tuesday, right? Yes. That's yeah. the same day for the qualifier, too. So, yes, you're right. Yes, it is. It is the 21st. Just saw it right now. Perfect. All right. And now let's move on to the next match, which Jesus Christ, man. I love this. I have to say that I love it. Toro Yano versus Doc Gallows. And I'm going to say this right now. Where the hell are the DVDs, damn it? I was waiting for the DVDs to come out. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't come out. I was really looking forward to seeing Toro Yano with DVDs. But no, you have to have a DVD player this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, he did. <laughs> but I mean, this match was very short, and I have a feeling we're going to see this down again, down the road again, because this, you know, Doc Gallows losing, of course, is controversial with a low blow and a very quick pin. 
Yeah. But I know, you know, that sucks that out of all the Bullet Club, you know, well, two of them, but we'll get into that. But I think he's the first one to lose uh, from the club, you know, losing to Toriano. So I know we're going to see a rematch for sure down, you know, down the line. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that is going to turn out to be. But, you know, Gal, but I can say that Gal looks great. He looks happy. He looks like he's back home. And I'm glad to see that from him. That is yeah. like, man, this is my home, New Japan, where I developed my career. And you know what? Even though it was a short match, but they put on a sense of humor, performance match, which is expected. And especially coming out of Toriano, we all know how he is. But I was surprised. I didn't see no handcuffs. I didn't see no yeah. duct tape. I didn't see none of that. So, but oh, yeah, it, was, it was okay. It was a, it was a great you little. Did, you did. You did see the alcohol in the beginning because he was yes. spraying the bottle, and then and <laughs> Luke Gallows takes it and pours it on his head. So you didn't see that early on. Yes, see, this, this is a guy where I wish I could understand Japanese, so I knew what Toriyano was saying at every moment. Because all, all, as a person who's listening to the English commentary, all you hear him do is yell. That's all you hear him do. It's yelling yeah. like twenty four seven. And it's still so funny because it's like, damn, this guy's making me laugh, but I don't even have any clue what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. And that, it's like, maybe if I knew what he was saying, I might be laughing even more because that's the type of guy he is. And then, like you said, there wasn't any handcuffs. He didn't tie the the the, the beard to oh, the... Oh, that's right. I, uh, yeah. He didn't tie the beard at this time. He, he did pull it. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't take the corner off of the uh, off the ring like he always does. He takes it, throws it at, uh, throws it across like he always does to buy time. And then the the touching on it for me was when he got the low blow, the pin, and he rolls out and he kind of he looks like he just like went to war for like thirty minutes because <laughs> he was he looked so tired. He rolled to the to like the edge of the back, and then the commentary just made it even better. Kevin Kelly trying to tell him. He's trying to escape. He's trying to get out. He knew yeah. he just got out of Dodge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I love this, man. I love it. Uh, did her take it away. <laughs> you know, in uh, Toriano matches, you're going to see a lot of hijinks and tomfoolery in their matches. And, yeah, this, this had, you know, a lot of funny spots in it. Some of the classics, like you said, with him taking off the the um, the – Gosh, the turnbuckle. The padding. Yeah, yeah the, the padding. The padding. The padding. Right. I got all tongue twi- tied there. But yeah, like you said, when he won the match, he like dashed out the ring. I thought it was really funny too because he looked like he ran, like he went through a 30 minute main event <laughs> and he just went against like, it was like what, like a five, seven minute matchup. I did like yeah. the little, uh, you know, pulling of the beard, like the Three Stooges looking. But it was a fun <laughs> match. It was definitely a fun match. And on a card like this where you have a lot of action, 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 you always need that, like, little break where you need, a, like, a little humor, a little laugh break. It adds to the dynamic of the whole show, which is cool. Absolutely. Shout out to Nick Arias from the Ring Fanatics podcast. Make sure you subscribe Nick. to their channel as well as mm-hmm. they provide you great content as well. All right, now let's get into the following match, which this match right here, ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, La Casa del Torture, the House of Torture, as they're coming in defending their never open weight six man tag team championship versus Azuki Gun, of course, Zach Zombie Jr., El Desperado, and Katamari. And this match was a brawl, I can tell you that right now. That match was a brawl for me, yeah. Uh, I was. You, Someone refreshed my memory because I, I have a loss of brain of thought. 
House of Torture is is there are they technically affiliated with Bullet Club or they're they're on yeah. their own way, right? Like Something loosely. Right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Cause I don't it's like it's like I've been, I've been the, wondering I've been wondering the concept of it because uh, they're they're part of Bullet Club, but then it's like a subsidiary. It seems like because when we'll get into it later on, but whatever the rest of the Bullet Club gather together, they're not there. Yeah, yeah like so it's like it just reminds me of uh, before when you had like the Bullet Club and then you had the Elite. Yeah, and the Elite was kind of to themselves yeah. uh, before they left. It, it reminds me of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And of course, uh, the House of Torture retain their number, their six man number open the tag team championships. But a good match. I wanted to say it was great. It was great brawl for a great fight. Uh, you know, it's crazy to me to see Evil to where he's at right now. Uh, back then, when he was with Lij, and then when they first named him like the leader, quote unquote, for the club, and then now just. Getting this, you know, faction with, you know, with Togo, and and, and just becoming uh, the House of Torture. It just, ah, just didn't expect that from from Evil. I'm hoping we see him. I'm hoping to see him back in singles, you know, competition. And uh, but you know, this match, I I enjoyed. Uh, I'm a big fan of this Barato, another one that is underrated, and yeah. he's an individual that should be the future for the junior heavyweight division. I think, yeah, with him being a former IWGP junior heavyweight champion, but I think he should be now the feature, the staple now. And like how you mentioned earlier, Dan, about, you know, moving up class weights like how Osprey did. Hopefully Hiromo will move up eventually. I mean, there's a couple of them that need to move up and having this Barato there just, you know, yeah. taking over that, you know, that division. So, I mean. You, you knew in the finals of the best of the Super Junior with how loved uh, Takahashi is that, People were cheering uh, Desperado, and they were—I wouldn't say booing Hiromu, but they were like they're more on Desperado's side. That's when you know a guy is really getting over, even though he didn't win the match, because everybody yeah. wanted him to win. They wanted him to have that moment because Hiromu has already had that moment three times beforehand. So it's like yeah. they want the the fresh face, even though he's won the title. You knew it. This started to happen. Uh, two years beforehand, when he lost, when he had the the mask taken off, and then he kept oh. on wrestling, and they had that barnstormer of a match, and he lost, but then Chef's he wound up right? winning. The, he wound up winning the title anyway a little bit later. Yeah, and he's just he, he's just grown on me so much. Like I really love him. I want to see him wrestle like the who's who of like cruiserweights and. Juniors, even guys like I remember he had that match uh, with uh, Okada, the opening round of the New Japan Cup, and I dug that because I'm like, that's the kind of match that I want to see because you, it's you different from him, yeah. you're not it's it's different, not just for him but for Okada, and they had a very good match. So I want to see more of him broadening his horizon, getting more use out of him. I want him to be the new face, and like two points in the match that I really liked was one with the alcohol with Dick Togo. He went to drink it. And then Conmarano caught him, and I think he punched him. All the alcohol came out. Yeah. And then he <laughs> fell, fell down. And then the, the ending with show. Like, I said to a buddy of mine, like, show, I used to love show. Uh, high voltage, him showing, you know, 
he's become more of like a weasel now. That's that's what the perfect word to use, like a weasel. Yes, because he yeah. doesn't do too much. He's kind of sneaky, and then he just slides the wrench right into his uh, boot, and then hits him in the stomach, and before he uh, gets the pin, it's just like he's that dastardly guy now. Like he went from a big time good guy to like the ultimate bad guy in literally like a year like it's okay. crazy to see the progression in him and i'm like the one thing that i i would say that i would critique a little bit is the fact that i feel like they're just having them do these random three on three matches i want to see them bring purpose to it a little bit more and i want to see evil do singles and uh, like i want to see maybe show do a little bit more with his the junior division, like I know they have a couple guys in board club already there, but I still want to see more out of them as singles guys because I feel like they're just gonna okay, two months from now, they're gonna do a three on three match. I felt like chaos kind of put the, the trio's titles back on the, the map, uh, Yoshihashi, Goto, and uh, Ishii. I felt like with how many times they actually defended the belts and made it worse something. I feel like it's kind of taken like a step back again. I want to see yeah. uh, them bring it back to uh, what it was. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. They got to wait, Uh I like how they also played off the fact when Sho snook the wrench in his uh, boot that he also hurt himself in the midst of trying to hurt the opponent. But definitely, I, I feel like the House of Torture may be better as their own little group. I think that the reason why you see three very talented people in um, Evil, Show, and in uh, Yujiro is, and then you like they over get they get overshadowed by the Bullet Club is because the Bullet Club is so large and the Bullet Club has all these stars in it. Maybe like the Elite broke off, the House of Torture should break off. Not saying it has to be like a feud or they turn their back on Bullet Club, but just become their own thing so they're not overshadowed by the bigger club. Because it is two very different fields. You have like this darker evil field, no pun intended, right? You got wrestlers who are dastardly but also want to like just hurt you. And then you look at like the rest of the Bullet Club, you have like the trash talkers, the big mouths, you have like the superstars. So it doesn't really feel like all of them will mesh together. And maybe that's why when we see the rest of the Bullet Club, we don't see House of Torture in with them. And if that's the case, then why are they not their own entity? Right. Um, and also, like Dan said, I would like to see more storylines being built with the six men. I feel like a lot of the times with the six men, it is just random three man pairings that they put in a title match. So, but nonetheless, still a really good matchup. I do like the progression of uh, Show's character because, yeah, I was a big Rapunky 3K person. I thought that that was a great babyface tag team. So, yes, it see was. this, it is very different. Always love seeing Zack Sabre Jr., especially the post-show uh, conference. We'll talk about that later, I'm sure. Very excited for that. But, yeah, definitely. This was another good matchup. And glad House of Torture retained. But, like I said, I would like to see them become their own entity. Because, like you said, too, Ivan, Evil, like, two years ago, was world champion. He was the face of Bullet Club, the new leader. And then since then, now he's holding six-man tag titles and... He's kind of lost in the shuffle of the bigger overall faction of the Bullet Club. So it's time for him to take that spot back. And he doesn't have to do it by taking out Jay White and trying to, oh, I'm the leader now. Just be the leader of your own group. Yeah. I mean, the way how it seems like if they, they, like House of Torture is like their bounty hunters of Bullet Club. You could say like they're, you know, like, like I show me like a movie that you hire bounty hunters and they're okay, you go do my dirty work type of, type of stuff. 
Like it, it, that's what it made it seems, you know, what makes it seems like when you know with House of Torture. But I'm hoping we see, you know, you know how you mentioned Evil, maybe taking that staple, adding another addition to it, another member to it, maybe two members. Yeah. Uh, and and I agree with both of you guys that they should make that six man never open a storyline and and you know not just putting like how you guys mentioned random people together. No. Make it a story like how you do have you done with previous a while back with the Intercontinental? Have you done with the US by far, even though that one is a, a hell of a whole mess, but we'll get into that. I mean, and then with the junior tag teams and the actual heavyweight tag team, so they're able to yeah. do it, even when they never open weight. So far, yeah. you can see at this moment the most I, I which we'll get into right now. We're gonna get into it, but I feel that so far, even though KOPW has become since they've since they created that, it became a little bit more relevant than this actual never open, you know, six man, yeah, which is yeah. it's an unfortunate. It shouldn't be that way. It should have been keeping that tradition with the six man. But I mean, we'll we'll see eventually down the road. Even when Lij was holding it for a while, I enjoyed that too. When it was you know, Evo yeah. Evo Sonata and Bushi when they were yeah. holding it, I enjoyed that too. But they yeah. made it prestige, and that's the that's the problem that is kind of missing. It's not been given the prestige where it's supposed to be, and there's no challengers. There's, Gato needs to start booking more with with it, especially. So yeah. I'm hoping he does that down down the road and find better feuds for House of Torture, not just the same faction all the time. So can you can you imagine down the line because they've kind of opened up the can of worms at adding Tom Laurel to uh, the G1 if you bring Team Filthy over to Japan. And you get like whatever three guys going for the trios titles because yeah. you can do that yeah. with him now being ushered in because we don't know if he's going to be there for a while. If it's just for the G1, we don't know, but you can just think about it. You could just think about, say, like Tom Laurel, you got Danny Limelight, like whoever else you want to throw in there. Like it makes you think, like, okay, we, we can roll with this and do something because. Technically, that's another stable there. So it's just been in New Japan strong uh, this whole time. So that'd be cool if you can bring them over, kind of integrate them with Japan now, technically open now. Now you can get all this talent over there. That'd be great to usher in another stable there that can work both the U.S. and Japanese side. And one one more fact, I do like how they've been using Kanorado more like as like the 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 big guy in in the matches for uh, Suzuki Gun, like he carries a lot of the time in the ring. Whereas they, they have Zack Saber Jr. and El Desperado like spell him a little bit, but he 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 was in there for a long time, I and agree, I liked yeah. his usage yeah. of the the figure four. Oh and yeah, that, that was uh, yeah. that was nice. And then he did it like twice. He kept them in there for a while. And he 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 just looks like he's gotten better, even if they don't show it, showcase it more, or or push him like I think that they should again. He's gotten a lot better uh, since I've watched him like a year or two ago. Oh no, I I agree, yeah. and and especially for Yujiro too. You know, two you know years ago we haven't received Yujiro as well being used as properly, and now yeah. him now having the title. You know, I don't know if it's his first title, but I mean, if I, you know, try to recall, but even with Yujiro too, finally they're using him more often instead of more of a jobber. And okay, you mentioned Kenamaro too. I'm glad he's getting that more of a spotlight too. 
I think it's about time that he gets a spotlight because he's been a super gun for whoo, for quite some time. And I think it's about damn time he deserves his break too. That's yeah. another guy that deserves a, a you know a title contention singles as well, not just only in the, in the tag or six you know or six band. Shit, give him the never open weight or the KPOPW, you know. Anything for Kinamaru or Yujiro as well, because it, they need to start developing yeah. these guys. Because the veterans that they have now, they're kind of like already, you know, shadowing away little by little. So, you know, time to put up the guys that you had below for quite some time and step them up and have them more, getting them more in their spotlight. And hopefully we get to see that down the road for all of them. And yeah. for ending, when well, you mentioned New Japan Strong, yes, I definitely agree. Because not only got you got, you know, you know, the filthy team, but you also have T. TMDK, which is Jonah's faction. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of factions in you know Japan yeah. Strong. They can even bring the, the those six men to the, to America and have them there if they don't oh, want to. I, 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 I want to see that because we just see now that they're going to be uh, next week. Yeah, this weekend or next week, and they're going to be doing the, this weekend the, on the, 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 the strong ah! tag. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're going to do the they're going to be doing the semifinals. They haven't announced who's in it yet. No, but they're going to do the semifinals, and then in North Carolina, they're going to crown the champions. North I, Carolina. I got a buddy. That, wait, I got a buddy that's on. actually going to that event too. I told, I told him I was like, "You got to go to this event," and then he was like, "Okay, I'm going to go," because he lives right out there. I think very yeah, close to the event. You can't so I was like, that. "You, you got to go to that." But uh, do we want to talk about the the, the Zach Sieber Jr. Uh, thing now, what he yeah, said after well, the match. Yeah, yeah. Might as well, let's get I, out of the way. Might as I just well. wanted to say one quick point about like six man. You yeah. can even bring in now that you have like AW and uh, New Japan trading talent. Like, there's a lot of trios in AW that would make sense to go over there and try to fight for the never open weight six man titles. If you think about like maybe the House of Black going over and going against the House of Torture, like that books itself right there. Oh. So matches like that already excite me. I was oh, I was going to also say uh, Death Triangle, but we we know what's going on right now with uh, Penta and Phoenix not being allowed to wrestle on Forbidden Door, but yeah. that's a whole other story. We'll probably that talk about that. Them, that sucks that them to an and Andrade, Andrade yeah. can't wrestle there uh, because of politics. It's bullshit. Uh, that they it's said. bullshit. Oh yeah. yeah, but I could I could see all that too because uh, with Lance Archer uh, being in the. In the G1, it shows that, yeah. okay, uh, he's not getting used. Can we use him? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so he's going to get used there. Yeah. I want to say, when you watch them announce him, they didn't say Suzuki Gun. It says AEW. And mm-hmm. It's a picture of the New Japan logo on the back. I was waiting for it to say Suzuki Gun right in the back when they announced him, which they didn't. But Because, like, yeah, been- when uh, Minoru Suzuki came to AEW, Lance Archer was representing Suzuki Gun. So it would have been yeah. So, so it was weird that they didn't showcase it. So maybe it was just one of those things where they, because he's in AEW, they want to showcase that he's from AEW. But mm-hmm. I'm like, this guy is from uh, wrestled in New Japan. Come on now. I'm like, he's he's there. Like he was in a lethal tag team for a couple of years early in his New Japan career that I yeah. love to watch. Uh, two giants. Who who doesn't want to see that? Yeah. But now, now you can see him back in. It's I think last time he was in there was a couple years ago. I remember his first match was uh, at, at home, and then he wrestled Will Osprey, and they had yeah. a great match in uh, Dallas, Texas, I believe it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I really wish that show was a packed house because they deserved it. 
Absolutely, yeah. they did. Yeah. But let's get fucking. Let's just get into it. Finally, we see yeah. Zach Saber Jr. calling out Brian Danielson now. You know, during the post show. Uh, take it away, Dad. Let the people know what the hell it is Zach Saber Jr. said. <laughs> he was talking about, of course, like like we mentioned before. He's been kind of dropping tidbits around like he wrestled, uh, he, read, he wrestled Shingo Takagi and after that match which he won he was like I just conquered the Japanese dragon all that stuff that, that looks like is the American dragon and then he drops the mic and then stuff goes down you see for, forbidden door and ever since they announced that I'm like when are we going to get this match? When are we going to get this match? Then he comes in here. Like, I didn't even see it right away. Like, I, I didn't see it until afterwards the next morning. And then I caught it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, baby, here we go. Like, him calling the Blackpool Compact Club the Blackpool Country Club. <laughs> and then he was like, if you can take time out of your day to see who the best technical wrestler is, newsflash, it's me. Yeah, I think it just storms off. I'm like, I'm like, if you have that clip of Ned Flanders, that's me right now. Points. That's right. That's all of us right there. now. That's all right of there. us. Right I, I love the fact that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. I'm just so excited. Yeah, man. I love the fact that he was calling the uh, calling the Japanese press idiots for not. Realizing that when he was uh, doing the final countdown, he changed. We're heading to Venus to heading to Chicago, and <laughs> yeah, he was like, "When I was singing with, because I have a voice of an angel." <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. has a lot of character that people don't give him credit for. I agree, but definitely. I agree. Like this took me back to the um, Cruiserweight Classic a couple years ago. Zack Sabre Jr. was in it. Daniel Bryan at the time was on commentary, and That's he right. says that I really wish that I got the chance to wrestle him. And he was kind of like, he was going off script, going saying, like, I really wish this is one guy I want to step in the ring with. So this is a match that Brian Danielson has been wanting for a long time. That was like, what, 2016, 2017? Yes. And he was even saying then that he would love to step in the ring with uh, Zack Sabre Jr. All these years later, I feel like since then, Brian Danielson's got even better, especially with his AEW run. Zack Sabre Jr. since then has been a whole lot better since joining New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I feel like now is the right time. And what bigger show than Forbidden Door? If that match is booked, I think that that match steals the show. Like, already, I can't think of a match outshining Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. I think I'm that's excited. one of the best de decisions that Zack Sabre Jr. made was to not join WWE and stay 100%. with New Japan. Because oh, 100%. It, 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 him and Kota Bushi apparently were supposed to be shot to the finals yeah. of that Cruiserweight Classic tournament. And then both guys chose to stay with New Japan which is why they lost, yeah. and then TJP wound up winning. And it's it's been a great move for both those guys. Yeah. But, well, Coda it was. We'll figure out Coda, what's yeah. going on. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll figure out what that is in the months uh, to come. But uh, his his mic skills have just improved so much. He, he was a great wrestler, but he didn't really talk on the mic no. early on. But now now he can't get him off the mic. Now he wants yeah. to talk all the time. Like oh, everything yeah. that he says, he's just he's just cocky. He knows he's good. And he, and then he does it anyway. Like this this guy has become one of my favorite wrestlers in New Japan. Yeah, oh. I, I seen I seen him years ago in Evolve and I met him after the show. And you could tell like he he was a little timid when it came to like talking from the crowd and being on the mic because he cut a promo beforehand. And now you see the confidence level has grown so much. And it's good to see because now he's starting to become the full package. 
which is great. But yeah, if, if Zack Sabre Jr. would have signed to WWE, you know they will give him some Harry Potter gimmick or some shit. Oh I'm my so god. I'm glad that Zack Sabre Jr. made oh, the decision he made. My name is Zack Potter. Like, I hope not. Hell no. You know, oh. who is that, Zack? <laughs> I am the understudy of William Regal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm his long lost nephew. I mean, Jesus, I hope not, man. No. And, and now just think of that. Who Who's the, the, the per se manager of the Black. Pool Combat Club, Roy William Regal. Regal. <laughs> <laughs> circle. Oh man, it, when he did all that announcement, I was like, yeah. "Wonderful!" That's how I was. I was, <laughs> it was wonderful yep. about it. That is right. But all right, now let's get into the following match. After that, we did had, of course, the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship on the line. And, of course, we had United Empire versus the Bullet Club, which we had Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn regaining the IWGP Tag Team Championship away from the Bullet Club for Bad Luck Ballet and Chase Owens. Man, I can tell you that this match was great. I did enjoy the beginning part of it. Everything was fantastic, you know, quick pace. Uh, glad to see back, you know, Fale having his moment too and him being a champion as well. Another one that's been there for a long time that never got his spotlight. And he finally, you know, he did by winning the tag team championship along with Chase Owens. Chase Owens as well as another one. So I'm really happy that these two, you know, all these two individuals, mainly not disrespecting Great O'Conn. I mean, we already know uh, Cobb's credentials, but, you know, Great O'Conn is still kind of fresh when he came in, you know, in Japan. And he was kind of green in the beginning. Uh, yeah. and, and I was happy to see that. He's developing more, and he's winning me over uh, with his charisma and everything that, you know, Great O'Conn does. Very old-school, classic, professional wrestler that he is. That's what he reminds me. But I'm glad that they actually won it back, So, which we do have a feeling we're going to see this in Forbidden Door. I don't say they're going to defend it. Maybe. You don't know. We don't know as of yet. But we might see those IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions being defended at Forbidden Door against FTR. And and Rokami Pop Vice, so we might see a triple threat. That could be the case. That could be the case. But unless you know they put all belts on the line, even the Ring of Honor tag team titles. But that's something that is coming down. You know, down was, the road, was, we'll find out. I was, yeah, I was thinking that too because FTR did say that they want to collect all the belts, and one of the things that they named was the New Japan titles. That they they yes. were like the <laughs> that's the one they haven't won yet. So that would be the last one. <laughs> for them to win and i think i i thought it was cool i guess this is the first time i saw it as his nickname but i liked how jeff cobb's nickname is the imperial unit oh i, I like how that. they yeah i like how they showcase that i liked how they showcased him kind of struggling to do the tour of the islands with bad luck Fale. they showed him do it and they showed the struggles in the match back and forth for a while for the United Empire because of how big the folly is. They showcase the champs and they, the tides turn. But we knew that the Bullet Club, like the reason they put it on them a month ago was just to give it to the Bullet Club because they were honoring the Bullet Club at Dentaku. Uh, that was, like they had all good moments for all the members. They, they put the titles on. I think it was a great touch to the night there. But you knew that the United Empire were going to win it back with everything going on with Rampungi Vice and FTR. And then it was good. I was like, I had a feeling somebody was going to run out 
I was hoping it would have been FTR, but it was, of course, Rocky Romero running out because they made mentions of him staying back in Japan, which yeah. is why you haven't seen him on Dynamite. So and they put Rocky seen... through the table. Oh, so, yeah. It would make sense that Rocky's the one who wants the most revenge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it was, a, it was a good touch uh, to see that. I, I, I liked it so much. I like the match in itself. Of course, you, you had a feeling that Chase Owens was going to take the pin uh, when he did. And then the, how funny is it that the one guy in the United Empire who's probably the least that you can understand the most is the <laughs> guy that talks for him all the time in Great Khan. He's the guy that stands there and talks on the mic for everybody else before he hands yeah. it off to Will Ospreay. <laughs> it, it, it's it's so funny, but like it's very touching because he's the number two guy yes. uh, behind Osprey. And I, I like watching him, like you said, his progression. I, he was green and now he's starting to get better and better. And uh, at some point, you know, he's going to have his moment, like a yeah. big moment down the line. It's just a matter of when. But now this is just getting me more excited for Forbidden Door. And like I'm hoping they put both titles on the line, not just one. I'm hoping it's both. Make it real interesting. Maybe, yeah, like maybe like a winner take all or something like that. But maybe they just do one. And maybe it's just whoever's belt that is put on the line, they win. But I would like them to have both on the line, have somebody win, but then have a rematch for, uh, to take the belts back. Yeah. That's what I want. What we might mention that in at Wrestle Kingdom. That could be the case. You never know. That would be a big match. Did, did anyone notice when uh, Chase Owens and Great O'Con was before the match was saying suck it to each other? They kept on going <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Great O'Con's another one who it's the subtle comedy that he has, like like, like Naito. It, it's the subtle comedy that makes it funny. You have someone like Toriano who it's like comedy in your face, which is cool also, yeah. but it's the subtleties of Great O'Con. But yeah, definitely, like everyone said, you know, Great Okan has been growing a lot and progressing a lot. If you remember when he first came into New Japan, he was instantly put into a match at Wrestle Kingdom against Tanahashi. That is a huge spot to be in, especially if you're green. So like to see this progression and see the slow build, but now seeing him like really pay off and feel comfortable in that position is great to see. And Jeff Cobb looks more and more like a beast every time I see him. Like his shoulders are more and more broad. Like my man is ready to just destroy I would love to see Jeff Cobb. Like I'm as much of a fan of this tag team as I am. I would love to see Jeff Cobb get a run with the title, get a run at top, get a run against all the tops. Like put, you know, just go on a tear, go against Okada, Tanahashi, Naito, just run through him because he is more than capable of doing it. If they want the second coming of Vader or some of these big guy gins that they had in the past, they have it in Jeff Cobb. If you ask me. Oh, I, th- I think last year was maybe like their experiment to see if he could yeah. handle some of that because he did go undefeated through the tournament until the last day when he lost to Akata, I yeah. believe it was. And then Akata, uh, that which kept them out of the, the finals. Uh, and I was like, damn. And then him and Okada had, uh, had their match or whatnot. I was like, that was the test right there. Yeah. And to see if he can do, do it or not because they're like, you don't just put him in a, a program with the Kata just to do it. Uh, they yeah, were seeing if he could handle it. I think he passed, and then uh, I think he's going to be one of those four guys in, in the in the semifinals of the G one. I really, I hope so. Truly feel like he, I hope he, so he is. I hope so. I'm a huge Jeff Cobb, Mark. 
Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And then we moving on to the number one contendership for the <laughs> AEW interim, not world champion, but interim. That's yeah. right. I had to say interim, unfortunately. Of course, Tanahashi versus Hiroko Goto. The winner of this spot will get a chance at Gian Moxley at Forbidden Door for the AEW uh, interim world championship. Of course, we all said it last time. We all said it, it was bound to happen. We knew it was going to be Tanahashi. Yeah. And, and winning, of course, advancing and facing Moxie. This has been, what, almost three years in the making this match to finally happen. And we're going to get it at Forbidden Door, yep. which I'm not I'm not mad about it. I'm happy that they're going to get it. I know that Gato is probably upset that it's not happening on a New Japan platform. However, though, it's still part of a New Japan platform because they're together. Yeah. Um, but I want to give a shout out to, you know, another one, Goto. He put a fantastic performance in this match. He did a... A lot of moves that surprised me out of Goto. Another underrated, too. So I was really happy to see him, uh, especially with him and Tanashi, where they're very familiar. I've seen them already in the G1 versus each other. And then, you know, these guys always put a heck of a show. But this one, he was fighting for it to actually really get that title shot. So kudos to Goto for putting a hell of a performance in Tanahashi. Of course, Ace, we know you're going. I don't care because I know Matt Callis is happy, but I'm, I'm like, Finally, just give me the match that I'm just give us a damn match. We, we knew it was coming. Yes. There. Just you finally are giving us <laughs> what the hell we want. And that is, of course, Tanahashi Ms. Moxley. But yeah. take it away, Big Dan. Yeah, I like the match. A, a, a little bit was taken away from it because we, we kind of knew who was going to win anyway. Like, uh, I think they just made the match just so it wasn't just, okay, we're giving Tanahashi. The match right away, whereas uh, Moxie had to defeat Kyler O'Reilly. So I think it was just a way of doing something with Tanahashi, and then Goto had nothing else going on, too. So it gave them both a match. But it was still a good match that they they both put on a good show. And I like how uh, they just announced that uh, Tanahashi and Moxie are going to do a a one on one tomorrow, like a face to face on Dynamite. So that's going to be good. I didn't they see just that announced. They just announced it, so I guess they're going to do a one-on-one with a promo. So I'm ex- intrigued to see what Tanahashi has to say uh, to Moxley and then vice versa. Mm. Yeah, watch, watch Moxley headbutt him or some shit. You know it's going to break down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take it away. I, I ain't doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know Mox. All right, hold on, hold on. You said it. Oh, oh damn it! Uh, where the hell is it? There you oh, go. No, no. I ain't doing that shit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I definitely love the matchup. I feel like this matchup and the next matchup was just balls to the wall, a sprint, because it was a little shorter, but a lot of action in that time that they had. But um, the only thing that hurt it was the fact that it was a little predictable. We knew that we were going to be getting Tanahashi versus Mox. I think that they because they didn't know about the whole CM Punk injury when it happened and they had Tanahashi come out on AEW Dynamite. I think that that also was a reason that was a little predictable because they wouldn't have him come out and announce that he's going to be getting a title shot for him just to lose it. But I mean, we've seen, you know, something else later on the night where one guy thinks he's getting a title shot and he kind of lost it. But yeah, so I think that it was a predictable matchup, but that didn't take away from the matchup because the action in the match was really good. Shout out to Haruki Goto, who's been putting on classic performances for as long as I could remember. I remember watching New Japan in like 
2012, 2013, and just a huge fan of who we could go to. And I got to meet him. He's a freaking dope-ass guy, too. So I met him in Philadelphia one time. He was really cool. But definitely great matchup. Great matchup. That's awesome. That is awesome. All right. And now we're going to go ahead and move on with the KOPW22 championship. Of course, Shingo Takagi versus Taichi in this very intriguing matchup that Shingo put the stipulation for. And, of course, it's uh, pretty much the person who gets 10 counts or 11 counts it is, right? Was it 10 or 11? Because I'm trying to count it. it, it, Most in 10 minutes. Whoever. It was who in ten minutes, most right? pins in 10 minutes. So whoever had the most Very pins, unique. Very yeah. unique. I so liked it. Didn't matter if he got a, it yeah. yeah, Oh, I loved it because it didn't matter if he got a three count or not. It was just adding to your to your count total. And then you knew something was going to happen at the end where, where it was like 11 to 6 or 11 to 7. And uh, Tai Chi was down. And then he got that umbrella pin and he got three. But then he missed it by half of a second to tie it, and it was like, yeah. "Oh my god!" And <laughs> yeah. You could see the disgust. You could see the For disgust sure. in his eyes afterwards. He was pissed. And, oh. But it was a great match. Like I've, I've always liked Shingo Takagi from his days before. Like he got announced into Lij. A lot of people don't don't know that he's had big time matches beforehand. Like he had a match Dragon Gate days. Oh man, Dragon Days, man! And one one match is Shingo against Walter. They had that match, mm-hmm. and I loved it. I watched it because I had to like ingrain myself to see who it was because I wasn't familiar with him at the time. And I was like, "Oh, this guy looks like a beast." And I liked how they it's it's crazy how big he is. And he used to wrestle in the junior division for like a couple of years. I still don't yeah. compute that because it's like this guy is huge. Kind of reminds yeah. me of like the X division where it's not about weight yeah. limit because he always looked yeah. a lot bigger than the guys he was in there with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I liked how they've been using him the past year and a half, They're, like as a powerhouse because he has yeah. those great moves. He knows what to do. It doesn't have to. You don't have to be the the leader of the group to be a champion. And we saw that uh, when he won the, the the belt. And so it's like this has given him more so something to do right now since he can't be champion because it's like you have to find ways to get give certain guys moments certain guys their time and that's what this is right now they're using the kobw to showcase shingo since he's not in the title picture right now Mm, indeed indeed de niro take it away i think that this was very unique this matchup and in you know when you watch wrestling for years and years and years, it's like, what could surprise you after watching for years? There's very little stipulations that you see something totally fresh and new. And this was fresh, this was new, and it was really unique. I also like the fact that it guaranteed that the match was not going to go over 10 minutes because you have a big, long card. You want to make sure that every matchup is going like 20, 30. So when you have a match that you have a set timer for 10 minutes, you already know this is going to be a short matchup, but they're probably going to pack a lot into it. Kind of like I said about the last matchup. They had a shorter time period, but it was like a sprint from as soon as they started. And the counts are at the bottom only add to the drama of the match as well. So I think that that was a great way of telling a story without having to like tell a story. You know, they had that built-in drama already in because just like Iron Man matches where it comes down to like the last two seconds, this had that, but it was a lot more unique with just being – how many pinfalls, not even pinfalls, but how many like taps to the mat 
So it, it was just very unique. And I, I'm glad that um, Shingo won because Shingo is a beast, like Dan said. I remember Shingo having a match with uh, Davey Richards back in the early, Ooh. like, Dragon Gate USA days. Yeah. Phenomenal matchup, right? <laughs> so I've been a big fan of Fence for a while. But also to see Tai Chi, like, break Fire. out a little bit, he, he definitely needs to have more of a showcase because he's shown that he could hang out there with the big guns. So definitely yeah. a good matchup. Indeed. And he can hang out with the big guns, especially going for this belt that we're going to talk about. And that is, of course, the never open weight championship that was on the line. Of course, we had Tomatonga defending the title versus the machine gun. Carl Anderson, now Mr. Bright Lights. Carl Anderson, in case you can call him that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, after the yeah. <laughs> another the classic uh, interview after the show. Yes, another yeah. one, man. Oh, man, Carl Anderson always cracks me up. The machine mm -hmm. gun always cracks me up. But it was great to see these guys going at it. Great chemistry. They, they know each other in and out. And kudos, congrats to Anderson being his first singles uh, title in New Japan. Mm -hmm. That's why you could tell that he misses another one. How I yeah. mentioned about Gallo's misses back home. And rumor your window, I didn't hear. I, I guess I, I misheard. Maybe he belittled, it, you know, impact. But of course, we all know it's a work. He, he, I don't think he means that. Of course, everybody's like, "Oh my God, he really means it." He's really belittling impact. No, he doesn't. This he has does. been Bullet Club's mo for. It, it's not about any promotion that they wrestle for. It's about the Bullet Club. So this has been their yeah. mo for how many years, and people are still falling for it. Yeah. Like come exactly. On. And, 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 and why would he do that when he's about to be on an impact? pay-per-view this exactly. saturday uh, before because there are people uh, look into shit does he have beef with yeah. scott Moore? like i, I saw no, that no, it's like, just that guys relax. it's just that yeah. they want to they, they want to go back to new japan of course exactly. the contracts are up next month so this is them honoring one of their last days so they're just adding a little bit substance to this by doing that yeah. and, and scott Moore knows that they're not trying to do that he's worked with them forever and so, just like you said, it was just a work. It was good. It was good to get him him the title. I'm mainly seeing what he's gonna do with it because uh, I'm, I'm like, I, I thought they were gonna run with Tamatanga with it for a little while since he just won it, and I've been like wanting to see where they go with Tamatanga. I have an idea what I think that they might do you know, with him, but it's, it's, I'm still like in shock that they took him off him because it's like. Who's gonna feud with uh, Carl Anderson now? That's the question. That yeah, I was shocked as well. There, there's a lot of history with uh, Tamatanga and Carl Anderson, two of the original members of the Bullet Club when it first yeah. started, right? And with Tamatanga getting kicked out along with his brother out of Bullet Club, you would think that Tamatanga would get his like comeuppance against Carl Anderson here. Unless it's leading to something bigger, I didn't expect him to lose the title either. So it was a cool moment for Carl Anderson <laughs> finally getting a singles title, but also it cut Tamatanga's reign short. And that's something that New Japan does a lot. And that's the only like thing that I don't like about New Japan. They are so quick to like change titles, like show to show. And you you very you rarely see long title reigns if it's not the IWGP World Champion. And that's something that I think that needs to change a little bit. Agreed. 100% agreed. The final thoughts of the match. Good matchup. Lots of intensity. Yeah. And, and then I, I do like how Doc Gallows helped him win the match. Like, you knew, you yeah. knew that he was there for a reason, and and he helped him uh, by distracting Tamatanga. Then, of course, I always forget that they have the same finisher. So That's right. Yeah. That is right. And now moving to the Coleman event. 
And that is, of course, for the IWGP US Championship, of course. It was scheduled to be a triple threat match, but unfortunately, yeah. of course, Shoes Robinson had to vacate the championship, previously appendicitis, and then it was known that he had to his, get his appendix removed because, you know, emergency surgery, so he had to, you know, get it out. So uh, best wishes, speedy recovery for Juice. I already guaranteed him a, a rematch. A match for the winner of these two, uh, whoever wins the IWP US Championship. But of course, this was another Steeler man. Osprey never disappoints. And very brief, you know, what I wanted to say. Osprey, and I love how Osprey's like, Where's my belt? Where is yes. my belt? Damn it. Where's the fucking belt? Where's the fucking belt? And I, I love it. it, it, it if, if something ever worked for Juice not making it because like he did where he had to have his appendix taken out, he just chose to uh, go to the U.S. to do it because they were going to allow him to do it in Japan, but he wanted to do it in the United States. So that's why they, they he couldn't be in the match because he, was, yeah. he wasn't even going to be in the country. So if they were able to pull something out of him not being here, it's that. It's the constant getting screwed at our match. Even though he wins it, he doesn't have the belt to celebrate with it. And I loved how he wins, and he goes, where's my belt? I just won, and I don't even get to celebrate. But he's like, God damn it. He's like, yeah. even, and it's like even, even when I win, I'm still getting screwed. And it was the the great thing because I love this whole storyline of him getting screwed out matches, getting screwed out situations. Somebody was like, oh, Osprey had a debut in Dynamite and he lost. Uh, they're booking him wrong. I'm like, I'm like, you don't watch New Japan, Part but I'm like, I think this. I'm like, th I think this is continuing his storyline over there, where he kind of gets screwed out of a match because he looked great on Rampage, but then he's not the one who got pinned. It was his uh. Ozzy opened a teammate that got pinned. So he gets screwed out of the match when he looked dominant on Rampage. I just want to see yeah. where they keep going with this because I, I hope that him and Juice Robinson are on the same bracket on, on a G1. And I hope uh, this is what I hope happens. I hope uh, Will Ospreay runs through the field has the chance to make it to the semifinals it's him and Juice in the last match of their bracket, and Juice cost them the match by like just dirty tactics. He cost them the match, which cost them a spot in the semifinals, and then they book that to, to further book the the their U.S. title rematch. Mm. They got to because that's the New Japan does that all the time where they book things like that because they did that with uh, Juice Robinson and Moxley. When yes. Moxley took the title from him, and then Juice kept him from making the yeah. finals by beating him on the last day. So, unless they meet in the G one and they decide to put the title on the line for their matchup, they could do that too. They could do that. Yeah, that would be yep. interesting. But yeah. the curse continues. The curse continues. <laughs> the IWGP United. If they, if someone told me I was going to win that title, I would tell them, no, thank you. No, it's a curse. <laughs> it's a curse. Exactly. Dan Housen must have held that title. Because that, that belt is cursed. Either injuries or can't get into the countries. Remember the typhoon with John Moxley? Like, just real, like, just crazy situations where it's like, is it a coincidence? Like, this can't be a coincidence that this keeps yeah. happening. But definitely was a great matchup. Sonata and Will Ospreay has great chemistry with each other. And 
I knew that I it's weird because as much as I wanted Will Ospreay to win, I also wanted Sonata to get his moment. And yes. I think that it's still coming. But after a while, if you're saying it's still coming, it's still coming after years and years and years, eventually it's going to pass you. And I hope that that's not the case <laughs> with Sonata. But then again, like you said earlier, Ivan, like we still see people like Yujiro Takahashi still on the card. And he's been there since the no limit days with Naito as a tag team. So yeah. like, who knows? Like, I don't think that it's a little different in new Japan. It's not necessarily, Oh, you have a certain time period before you could make it. I, I don't know. It's just that I think that Sonata, the iron's hot, you know, he just came back. Gotta do something with it. And I really wanted him to shock the world, but congratulations to Will Ospreay. I, I'm really yep. excited to see if he's going to be defending that title at, Forbidden Door, or what's the case? And I like to see what's going to happen with Juice Robinson when he gets better. And shout out to Juice Robinson. Hopefully, he gets better soon. Yeah. And in my case, what what championship? Because he has no belt. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I would love to see uh, what's it called? Just how Osprey got the new design for the uh, IWGP champion for the time being. If he has a new design or a new belt handed to him for the uh, U.S. champion, like Agreed. creates his own thing. Yeah. And the main event of the evening for Dominion as the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match. Okada defending the World Heavyweight Champion versus Jay the Switchblade White. And, of course, the people were in shock. People were, especially, I was, the IWC were Hey, yo, like, what the fuck? That's right. Damn. That's exactly right. what I said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i was happy because now this changes directions yeah i know we hear a lot of room in your windows there's there's room in your windows could be a fatal four-way now between you know hangman jay white okada and and adam cole that's the rumor that is supposed to happen we don't know uh at this point you have to tune into AEW <laughs> now to find out what's really going to happen. Yeah. Instead of, you know, listening to Uncle Seltzer and, of course, this piece of shit, Meltzer. I mean, Alvarez, excuse me. But, yes, uh, this match overall was great. The, of course, the chemistry is always there between these two guys, man. It's yeah. like it's like your – how can I put it? It reminds – I'm going back old school. This is like your Vern Gagne's Nick Fox. Going into the DeLorean. Days. <laughs> yes, yes, the DeLorean days. I got like Nick Pock Winkle, you know, Vern Gagne days, your Hogan's. Uh, and I would say we, who Hogan and what was his, who's his arch nemesis mainly? Uh, would say Sergeant, no, not Sergeant Slaughter, it wasn't main, main, mainly him. Sheik, Perfect, Iron Sheik, yeah. you could say. Uh, this is like your Sting and probably like. You know, kind of Vader back in the days, you could say this yeah. is like you're, you know, you're good and evil, like you're, you know, super villains or superhero type of style. Yeah. So, kind of like Masters of the Universe, pretty much like that. But this was great, unexpectedly. Did not expect Jay White to win. Of course, we just see the aftermath, the post conference, calling out, you know, you're not getting this shit, you, you cowboy, you know, bitch or whatever he called. It. He went off. There's uh, no AEW without him. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I love it. How he, you know, how he said about you know Hangman, like that's why you left New Japan to go over there with your silly buddies. It, oh man, great. Jay White is right now the number one guy right now in New Japan, and I'm glad he's getting a spotlight. Yeah, as much as he said, yes, he is Grand <laughs> Slam champion. Kudos to him for that, 100. percent In the beginning, I thought it was early when he first won the title, but now this 
this championship right now, his reign right now is champion, and I hope he keeps it all the way to Wrestle Kingdom. It's gonna be glorious. No, no pun intended, Robert. But yes, but it's glorious at his best right now. So take it away, then. If Kenny Omega does not come back after this match at Forbidden Door, I don't know a better other better time to have him come back from being injured. Because come on now, Jay White comes in here, he roosts uh, Hangman, and then he comes in in the post uh, interview and he roasts Kenny Omega. Uh, mm-hmm. telling him that he's better than him, that he, if it wasn't for Jay White taking the title from him back in the day, that Kenny Omega would have n- never left New Japan. He wouldn't have went to AEW, and this whole Forbidden Door thing would have never happened because of Jay White. So come yeah. on, now. do do us a favor. Let's hope that Kenny Omega is healthy, and he comes back after this match, and then we get a match between the two of them. At some point down the line, because it's it would just be perfect to happen. Kenny Omega and Jay Wright, even even better. But I wanted this to happen. I said it last week. I would I would have been shocked if he wanted, and then I still was shocked when it actually happened. <laughs> just the just the way that it happened. These guys have great chemistry mm-hmm. in in the ring. The match went fluidly uh, throughout the whole thing. He said that he wasn't going to use any tactics to win, yet what happened? Gato came in, was distracting the ref, uh, hitting him several times, and it was just the perfect way. And then he comes out of nowhere like he always does, and and he hits uh, hits the the finish on him. And then everybody was just shocked, and then he cut the big promo. And my favorite part of the – the backstage promo when they're like, "Who's better than uh, Boy Club? No one." And then they're like, "Not him. Not him." And just I ate it all up. And a buddy of mine who doesn't even watch New Japan doesn't even know too much about it. I I started showing him Jay White six months ago, and I'm like, "This guy is the real deal right now." And he's like, "I don't know who it is." He watches it, watches it. He watches AEW. He saw him a couple times. He was like, oh, hey, there's your guy, Jay White. I literally just showed him the promo from uh, Dominion two days ago. And he goes, the first thing that he goes is, this guy needs to be the main event of AEW. This guy is great on the mic. And this is a guy that doesn't know anything about New Japan. And he's like, this guy needs to be over in the States right now. Because he he was like, that promo was just fire. And he loved everything about it. And he, he said he wants him. Over here now. No, definitely. Shout out to Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. Clark Street. My brothers, good. Man. Make What's sure going you subscribe on? to them. They're coming back. So they'll be back. They're, they're the ones of podcasts. Make sure you subscribe mm-hmm. to them. The boy Devin right there. De Niro, take it away with this main event, brother. Definitely a great match. Lots of time. And that's why like, I feel like some of the um, other matches had like a little bit of time. Just because this matchup had a lot of time. Not only that, but like Dan said, the chemistry between these two are great, right? I was – after this matchup, I went and saw Kenny Omega versus Okada 1 because I, I got uh, what's called – I just re-upped my subscription on New Japan World, so I was like, fuck it, let me use it, right? So I went back, saw Okada versus uh, Omega, and they had amazing chemistry. I am not saying that it's better, but I think that Okada's chemistry is different but on par with the chemistry he had with Kenny Omega. They just mesh so well together. And Jay White, I mean, he he's an absolute star. He wins the matchup, cuts a hell of a promo. 
Now, there's a lot of rumors, like you said, going into Forbidden Door. I also saw that Okada is going to take a a step away because he's having a kid, I think. So maybe Okada's not even on Forbidden Door. If that's the case, like, congratulations to Okada. I just would really love to see him on Forbidden Door. But that's selfishly. Like, I don't want to be selfish here. But, gosh, like, Okada and AEW would be phenomenal. But, um, yeah, definitely a great matchup. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out now. Does it become a three-way at Forbidden Door between – Adam Cole, Jay White, and Hangman. Is it a four-way with Okada? The only reason why I don't think it'll be a four-way is because we're already getting the four-way for the All-Atlantic. You don't want to have two four-ways for a title yeah. on the same show. It might be Agreed. repetitive. Agreed. But, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. But shout-out to Jay White. I think right now he's firing on all cylinders. I loved everything he did in Impact Wrestling. I loved everything he's been doing. You know, even here in New York, he's been doing independence for uh, House of Glory. I saw him in House of Glory recently. He was on that show. So he's not just like resting on his laurels of being in New Japan. He's putting in at work. He's wrestling on independence. He's wrestling on impact. He's showing up on AEW, flying back to Japan and winning the IWGP champion. You got to give this man his roses. He is definitely the and, top guy right now. And now he's going to be flying to LA to appear on New Japan Strong. I'm going to be there, Devin. I'm going to be me. <laughs> Yes, he he, he better have that belt with him. He better bring it with him because oh, even, sure. even though I know they don't, they're not gonna air it for like three weeks because they just started the Philadelphia showings on uh, on New Japan Roar with how they do like the, the tapings. I still I still want to see him come come out with the belt because he just won it. You want to see him showcase it, mm-hmm. and it's funny because it's he, he's gonna be in the match, and then the other side's gonna be. Uh, Tanahashi, and it, if only Tanahashi, because if only Tanahashi were to win the belt next week, and they wait a week, then you could have had a situation where you you could have had a match on Strong where you had the AEW champion and the New Japan champion. How how crazy would would that have been? But it's a week yeah. early, so it won't happen. I'm still holding out hope because I still think that. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi wins the the, the AEW championship uh, next weekend. And then you have a situation where you can book something like that. I want to see Tanahashi enter the G1 with the AEW title. Woo-hoo! Let's fucking I- go! There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're so quick with it, Ivan. <laughs> you're so quick with it. It's like he knows what we're going to say. He's already ready. Yeah. Like, oh, he's probably going to say that. <laughs> Let's fucking go! That's right. That's what gonna be gonna be quick on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Not for sure. Tanahashi winning the title and entering the G1 with the AEW title does so much for AEW as well. A lot of visibility for the title, for the brand. You know, more than just Lance Archer going over there, it adds a lot to that and making it a real international powerhouse, which yeah. they want to be. Other so. than adventuring, when CM Punk comes back, like I said before, yeah. you can have CM Punk go to Japan and challenge Tanahashi for the AEW title. Uh, well, unify because there's he's mm-hmm. still the champion, so they would unify yeah. it, and then you would have Punk win there. And what better way to have Punk turn heel than to win it, uh, with, uh like, like dastardly at Wrestle Kingdom and have him win it that way against that the ace, the, against, against, <laughs> yeah, against the ace, because you know they're gonna have that match sure. at some point. Yeah, I think it's the perfect way to do that because you also had Wardlow made the comment that he doesn't want to win the belt. Until Punk comes back, so then yeah. you can uh, you have a good guy Wardlow against a bad guy Punk 
say at Revolution afterwards uh, or, or something like that, or maybe you push it to double or nothing. Word. It's just something to think about there, but it gives you all these uh, possibilities there by doing it. And then I really think that they're going to have a, if say Okada takes time away, like you said, because of the kid, I, I thought it was going to be a fatal four way because you don't know what they're going to do with Hangman and Adam Cole because they cut the promo where he was like, you're not getting the title shot. It's going to be me. I'm Cole, baby. And yeah. so unless they have a match next week on Dynamite to determine who is in the match, I do see it being a triple threat or a fatal four-way. Well, maybe I mean, that's where you, you have a start between like a Jay White, Adam Cole have friction because maybe Jay White pins Adam Cole at Forbidden Door or, or something like that. Like this, oh, so many things be very to think interesting. about. I mean, if you want to pull the trigger on Jay White versus, I mean, not Jay White, if you want to pull the trigger on Hangman and Adam Cole, do that shit this week because you're probably losing out on the big ladder match because the Jeff Hardy issues and they need like a big marquee matchup. So that would be a big match to add to this week's show. Absolutely, man. So let's break it down. What do you rate this pay-per-view overall, this event? I give it an A. Give it an A. I actually enjoyed it. It was great. Even though it's 10, 10 matches, I know you, know, you guys mentioned the adding the heavyweight. But yeah, it will get lost in the shuffle. Even the junior tag team was not added. I'm glad that they did it. And I'm glad that Gato's kind of looking at that and looking at how different booking as of, as of late. But I know he makes bad decisions here. here. Who doesn't? You know? Especially, you know, especially this guy. He makes very, 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 very poor bad decisions. Isn't that right, TK? That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> no, that is bullshit. I told you how many times. You make bad decisions too. But yes, I give it her name. What do you give it? I give it an A too. Like uh, thinking about it down the line, like Gato wants to be able to put those two junior titles in a good spot on the New Japan Road, and you want to have important matches on that in between Dominion and then Forbidden Door because they're not going to wrestle after Forbidden Door. There's going to be a week or week and a half gap between. uh, uh, New Japan being on TV because they won't be back until like July 2nd, I believe it is. Agreed. Yes. So th- they want to have something important in between to get people excited. And then you have two junior tag and then the junior heavyweight match to give you that excitement at, at the end of those uh, few things. And then, of course, you have the two uh, qualified matches for the New Japan side of the All-Atlantic a championship, which they announced too, yeah. which is it's Honma versus uh, Clark Connors, the uh, and then it's I believe the other one is Kanemaru against uh, Tamahiro Ishii, which yes. is very exciting. So I'm interested to see which guy makes it because this is the favorite, and then there's the one that I think is going to be in it. Uh, just my thought. But I give it an A. I, I thought they worked it well. I thought the placement of the matches was great. You had, just like you said, you had two matches for, which were only like 10 minutes long. You had the Toriano match placed perfectly at the third spot, I believe it was. And then you had the KBW, which was only 10 minutes, which was placed right at the seventh spot. So they perfectly placed these uh, matches at the right spots. And the card itself was only four hours which was perfect uh, like, yeah. I, like usually it's a little bit longer but it was actually not that long from a time standpoint awesome 
All yeah. right, brother Mike, what do you give it? Not to just say because you guys said it, but 100%, I give it an A. Um, like you guys know, I was telling you guys during the chat, like some shit went down in the house, so I wasn't able to finish it in one sitting. And of course, like everybody's talking about it, right? So, like, I go on Instagram the next day and everyone's posting about the results. The fact that I knew the results and still finished the show and still marked out for every fucking match tells you it's an A. Because yeah. it's like, I already knew this was going to happen, but like, damn, I didn't know it was going to happen like that. You know what I mean? So definitely I give the show an A. It was a strong show. It uh, set the table perfectly for, for Forbidden Door, especially because AEW usually has so much time in between their pay-per-views to really make sure that each pay-per-view has so much build. They don't have it this time. They had Double or Nothing, and then less than a month later, they have Forbidden Door. So you needed New Japan to also help book the show along with AEW television. And I feel like this did it perfectly with the continuation of the story with Jeff Cobb and Great Khan with Rocky Romero, with the whole Tanahashi versus Uruki Goto winner goes against Moxley, and the main event with the twist of uh, Jay White winning the title now is going to happen on AEW. Makes you want to tune in this week just to see. So it's like this was a perfect working in conjunction with AEW to set that table perfectly for the pay-per-view. That being said, an A for sure. Absolutely, man. There you go. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go ahead and thank you so much for tuning in a special episode here for New Japan. I think I'm like we're going to be doing this a little bit more often with New Japan, especially we would love to do Definitely. that separate from the regular episodes from Circle Debate because there's a lot to cover in New Japan, especially coming up for the announcement of the – the blocks of the G1, we'll get into it hopefully next week. We could probably come back and do this on Tuesday next week and talk about it once they break down the blocks, who's going to be participating and break it down. And also, you know, well, once the the, uh, the matches commences, we'll be doing a weekly review of the G1 throughout, you know, on a weekly basis for the G1 because it's a long whole month of reviewing the chief one. So <laughs> I'm excited. I know, you know, Dan's excited. Mike's excited. But not also sure. forget to subscribe to these two individuals, two of my brothers here, the phenomenal podcast. Of course, you know, Dan providing not only just mixed martial arts, but also professional wrestling as well. And of course, my brother De Niro taking you back in time all over the world, especially in professional wrestling. And make sure to subscribe to his YouTube channel, on his Twitch especially. And don't forget also as Dan's YouTube channel as well, Cage My Q. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal content, these two individuals. Uh, you know, pro thank you. Provide to all of you guys. And we thank you for tuning in today, this special episode. And don't forget, tomorrow will be the MMA episode. And then also Thursday, episode 106. Do not forget to tune in for that. But I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time and doing this. And I'm this was fun, man. I, 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 we got to do this again next week for sure. We got to talk about these blocks, but I'm excited. I'm really excited for the G1, man. For sure. Now, it's always an honor. I really appreciate you always having me on, always showing love. And like I always say, as long as you don't get annoyed with me, I'm here. <laughs> I never get annoyed. Yeah. Never, never that. <laughs> I never get annoyed. But there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you subscribe, hit the notification button, come, you know, see us here on the COD. As all of us here, Especially with the rest of the DeLorean podcast, the Cage My Accused podcast, we all make will over and over, make over and over history, over and 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 over and